listening to Nightlight. Hello and welcome to another special end time edition of Nightlight. And as usual, speaking to us via Skype from Budapest in Hungary, we're joined by Joseph Kandel. Nice to have you with us, Joe. Thank you, Simon, uh, for inviting me back. It's always a privilege to be on your show once again. End time news and views. And Joe and I will be chatting together about some of what's been happening in the news recently as it relates to end time Bible prophecy. But first, a song from Keith Yoakum. Instead of counting stars and making wars And there'd be plenty of bread It seems the more we learn The less we know about things that mean the most What good's all the technology If the world goes up in smoke If we just try and do the things you said And if we'd make bread instead of bombs and build Instead of walls Then we could have Peace on earth Instead of hunger, pain and wars Instead of trying to prove It all made itself With no real reason to rhyme Running around in circles Such a waste of time If we just try and do The things you said Keith Yoakum instead. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. 
And keeping us in tune with the times, today is Joseph Kandel speaking to us from Budapest in Hungary over Skype. Joe, uh, this is our first show of 2017. Yes, it is. You know, I believe the last show we did was just after the surprise election of Donald Trump. He's now been inaugurated and almost completed his first tumultuous month of his presidency. But let's leave that topic until later and start with some of the other current events that you've listed to talk about. What topics have you gathered uh, to cover on this show? The main points that I've gathered is, you know, like what's happening on the possible war front, the, what's happening with the economy, uh, what about the, the disasters or predicted disasters, and of course the, the threat of terrorism is, is always with us as well. Right. The globalists are using these tactics to, to bring on the confusion. And I think one of the uh, things to watch out for, at least on the uh, conflict or war or potential war. Uh, first of all, I'd like to mention the thing about Israel. Uh-huh. And uh, they just recently, the government had made a decree to build thousands of illegal settlements in occupied Palestine territory. Yes. And of course, this is causing quite a, a conflict. This could, you know, it could lead to uh, an all out war. Uh, as you probably have read, and it's been in the news from time to time that. Hamas, they're, you know, they're ready for war and they have missiles that could hit every Israeli city and Israel will not be able to stop all their incoming missiles, which are like over a thousand. Wow. So, so that's, a, that's a situation that can always explode into a war there because both Israel, Hamas, they're, you know, they're talking, they're always talking about there's going to be another conflict, there's going to be another war. And of course, anything that happens in Israel and the Middle East is always very important. So that's a situation to also watch out for. And the, and the other one that uh, is, seems to be building up is that the, the Ukraine conflict. Uh-huh. Uh, the United Nations have, have come out and says it's, they're having a dangerous deterioration. It's like it's starting to go back into a civil conflict and re- there's been some renewed fighting. Yes. So what has happened, uh, Simon, is that the U.S. and NATO, you know, they have sent uh, uh, soldiers, tanks, Humvees, and they've put uh, troops in, and armor in Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, and Germany, as well as Lithuania and Estonia. And they're practicing war games as if they're fighting Russia. And now Putin, uh, he's told his military to prepare for war. Wow. And he's ordered his uh, Russian Air Force to be prepared to launch an attack at any minute as fears over World War III continue to grow and, and Russian troops have now been placed on uh, a, a combat alert because of the massive NATO exercise that's currently underway in Eastern Europe. So that is a situation that could also explode and cause a major conflict in Western and Eastern Europe along with Russia. Hopefully Trump and uh, Putin, they, it looks like they're reasonable and hopefully they'll have good relations and that they can defuse this, you know, because uh, it just takes one mistake, one flare-up, and next thing you, you, you got war in Eastern Europe, which would affect the whole world. So those are two major, as far as a potential for conflict, is something to watch out for. And, in Libya, the, as since the Russians have gone in, it looks like they've pretty much kicked out ISIS. Things seem to be going much better in Syria. And another thing, too, it's interesting to note, uh, in our last, I think it was our last show, we were talking about Russia and Magog. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And another interesting point, we know that uh, Russia has now two bases in Syria, and uh, it's just come out now. They've made a deal with Libya, and they're going to have a, a, a military base in, in Libya as well. Really? Because if you remember, we talked about Ezekiel 38, Magog yeah. in Russia, Gog uh, the AC, and of course we, we were talking about how Libya, Ethiopia, Germany, uh, Turkey, all these countries would be aligned with Russia. So now they're setting up a base in Libya, which is also a, will be a naval base. And of course, Turkey is leaning towards Russia as well, and they want to join their union. So it seems that uh, slowly but surely, these countries that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38 are going towards Russia and aligning with Russia, which is quite very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's quite something, Joe, that I think we should always keep that in mind, just how minutely scripted the unfolding of world events are and how everything will play out exactly as it is prophesied in the Bible. I mean, the powerful nations, the political leaders of this world may think that they're enacting their own programs, their power plays, making their own decisions and choices. But whatever twists and turns they take, the end result will always conform exactly to what's been written in God's word. And it's fascinating now to see the countries listed in uh, Ezekiel 38, right? Yeah, Ezekiel 38, exactly, Simon. They're coming together to form an alliance, just exactly as predicted in the Bible. Yeah, it's a, it's quite amazing, too. And of course, along there with that, uh, as we had mentioned our when we discussed Ezekiel 38, of course, uh, Russia and the n- nations that will align with Russia, <clears throat> they will invade Israel. Yes. And and when you know the the AC will put his quarters uh, there in uh, Jerusalem, probably uh, in the temp in the temple there, the rebuilt temple when it's rebuilt and they break the covenant. So uh, it's a, quite amazing too to look at Israel becoming a nation again in May 14, 1948. Uh-huh. So we see that fulfillment there, and now we see Russia and these other nations beginning to line up. So it's it's quite ex- exciting to see how this is in the Bible and um, this is Bible prophecy and it's you know slowly but surely coming to pass. Shining bright in the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight.
footholds Rocking on a solid rock that can't be rolled Now, truth be gold, so let the gold be rolled See the foretold unfold when the holders grin and the bluffers fold That's Emmanuel Gilligan. Truth be told. Joe, I think one of the most important topics on our list today about which the truth is certainly not being told is Fukushima. Now, some of these other topics like the financial crash, the coming reign of the Antichrist, the 6-6 mark of the beast, these are things that we're warning will happen sometime in the future. But the level of radiation that is currently leaking from the damaged nuclear power plant in Fukushima, Japan, is a disaster that has happened and is happening now. I forget exactly when that accident occurred. Well, it's been about six years. I think it was around March 11th, uh, 2011, around there, around that time period. So it's been about six years. And since then, it's been in and out of the news, mostly as there's been a huge cover-up and a minimizing of the magnitude of this disaster. But now it seems that the effects of the radiation on the environment are becoming so obvious that they're finding it harder and harder to keep a lid on the horror of it all. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Simon. Uh, it, it is coming out again, and it's, it's quite shocking sort of how the, the world basically has gone to asleep about this. But now they're saying that the radiation levels at Fukushima are now at unimaginable levels, Right. you know, since the last five years. And um, uh, they said that it's been spewing poisons into our atmosphere, into the earth, and into uh, the ocean. And it says that the entire Pacific coast of the United States, Canada, and Mexico have been contaminated with radioactive particles from Fukushima as well. So people on the west coast there, they don't even realize it because you can't see it, you can't feel it. They're getting poisoned slowly with radiation. And so we're probably going to see a very uptick with uh, people coming down with cancer because of this uh, accident. And, you know, so it's, you know, the radiation is spilling into the ocean. It has not been abated at all. Gosh. And the site, the Fukushima site, continues to leak highly toxic radioactive material, and nothing has stopped. And uh, just recently, on, on February 5th, Simon, it was reported uh, that there's been a record high number of whale deaths. They found them around various Hawaiian islands. Yes. And they're saying, too, it's far worse. Fukushima reactor is far worse than previously thought. They say that melted fuel has come in contact with the underground water. Gosh. And they said that the radiation level detected inside damaged Fukushima reactor, that says that the reading means a person could die from even a brief exposure. Right. And, and they don't know where the three melted cores are. They're missing. <laughs> what do you mean they're missing? 
they're they 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 they're not there. They're just they sort of like disappeared. And, and you know what they're saying is like with you know when they talk about this stuff, it's like talking about dirty bombs. You know how you could you get a nuke dirty bomb, you know, use it in a city and it blows up and you contaminate the you know all kinds of radiation. But yeah. what they're saying they're they're like dirty bombs and they're continuously emitting tremendous amounts of nuclear radiation into the air, into the water, and into the soil there. And of course, it's it's affecting the Pacific Ocean and the you know the whales, the fish. Probably a lot of people are getting poison, radiation poisoned by eating seafood from the Pacific Ocean. Wow! You know, and and usually things that are caught in the Pacific, you know, like fish, sardines, tuna. This is probably going out all over the world. You know, they're shipping this stuff in cans, and and a lot of these uh, fish in the Pacific have been contaminated with radiation. So, you know. Uh, we could see a lot of uh, increase in cancer, not only through the radiation in the ocean spreading, but through the, the food, the food chain of the Pacific Ocean. Joe, I'm just reading here online that the Tokyo Electric Power Company, TEPCO, is reporting that the atmospheric readings inside just the Daiichi Reactor Number 2 are as high as 530 sieverts per hour. Yes. When a human exposed to a single dose of 10 sieverts would die within a couple of weeks and they're so high that they can't even send in robots to find out what happened to the missing cores because the electronic circuits of the robots will get fried what is known is that there's a daily flow of radioactive groundwater into the ocean of 80,000 gallons per day and in addition there are 800,000 tons of highly radioactive water being stored in tanks, as every day they have to pour a hundred tons of water on each of these three melted down cores, which sometimes leak and overflow. Yes. The news article says it's an unprecedented catastrophe for the world's oceans, and six years later, the situation is far from being under control. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I saw a news clip the other day, Simon, and, and they were saying the best case scenario is that may, they may have it under control in 40 years. You know? 40 years. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and that's, a, they're thinking positively, but this is, you know, this uh, poison is going into the air, water, and soil. So obviously, I mean, even how far has the wind carried the radiation? You know, people say, you know, Tokyo's not safe and other cities of Japan are not safe because the wind can blow this toxic into different areas of Japan. Yes. Uh, one guy, uh, I recently, they were very concerned that at the uh, 2020 Olympics is supposed to be held in Tokyo. Right. And one of the, one of the guys who's responsible, he's, he's got questions like, you know, is it really safe to have, you know, these games in Tokyo when we do it, when Fukushima is emitting radioactive material into the air, water, and soil, you know, it's like it's safe. Or what if something else happened? What if something blew again? So they were very concerned about that. Of course, I don't know if they're going to do that. And the guy might have been extreme. But anyway, that was being discussed just recently. Joe, I think if you're living in Japan or the west coast of the U.S., unless you completely trust what the authorities are telling you, the only way you could be sure that you're not getting exposed to dangerous levels of radiation is to buy or borrow or hire your own 
Geiger counter and measure it for yourself. Yes, and it's not just the United States, Simon. It's not just, for example, California, Oregon, and Washington State, but also this is affecting Canada as well as Mexico. Don't you know? Like Mexico, as we all know, is is part as uh, part of the Pacific Ocean, so they're also getting contaminated as well. So the whole coast all the way up from Alaska down through Canada and all the way down through the states and um, Mexico is being contaminated. And along, how about all the islands? We've got the Hawaiian Islands there as well and all the islands in the Pacific, they're also being affected with uh, radiation. So it, it's a very dangerous, very dangerous situation and, and I don't think we've seen the, the end of it yet. I think we're, a, a lot of people eventually will probably die getting cancer and we might see a very uh, you know uptick in people dying from cancer from this uh, situation and this uh, leaking uh, radiation into the ocean into the air into the ground. Joe what's really depressing about radiation contamination is that once it has happened there's no way to clean it up that contamination is going to be around for literally hundreds of thousands of years so it's definitely going to take the Lord to come again and clean up this horrible mess of a world even so jesus please come quickly yes the millennium yes Yeah. 
and that's Silk and Steel, who I believe used to be popular in Hungary, where you are, Joe, must be, what, 10, 15 years ago? Yes. And that was their cover version of Michael Fogarty's song, Cloud of Smoke. Shining bright in the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight. Well, talking of clouds of smoke in the air, Joe, uh, one of the signs of the end that, of course, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24 to be on the lookout for is an increase in earthquakes and volcanic activity. And there's been quite a bit of that lately, hasn't there? Yes, Simon. uh, Just a quick statistic here. The the earthquake statistics uh, for 2016 were just incredible. The number of earthquakes and uh, volcanic activity and uh, it said this century from January 1st in the year 2000 until January 2017 there was a total of 2,697 major quakes that had been recorded and now in the same period from January 1st 1900 to January 1917 only 97 major quakes were recorded. So look at the incredible increase. And it really shows that the earth is showing signs of birth pangs. You know, just like when a woman gives birth, she has uh, contractions and they get sooner, you know, closer and closer and increase intensity. And this is what we're seeing uh, uh, regarding earthquakes. And that was what Jesus said that, you know, we'd see uh, before his second coming, we would see an increase of earthquakes and and not only that with volcanoes before you know there'd be every once in a while there would be a volcano but sometimes now in 2016 you have six seven volcanoes erupting at the same time wow. unheard of you know so we see we see that increase going and what the geologists are very concerned right now is in Naples Italy they have a super volcano underneath and uh, there's 500,000 people basically live on, in Naples, live on this volcano. It's an underground volcano. You see, you don't see it sticking out like you do, what is it, Vesuvius they had there that killed millions? In, uh, no, Vesuvius. Vesuvius. That's the volcano that erupted and buried Pompeii, uh, which is right next to Naples. I visited there a couple of years ago, Joe, and climbed Vesuvius, which they said was ready to blow again at any time. But... You're talking about another volcano, right? Well, yeah, it's a, it's an old mega volcano, and it, the the geologists are saying now it's reawakening. And of course, the problem is there's 500,000 people in danger. They're living right on top of this uh, volcano. So if it doesn't give a warning and just explodes, I mean, you're talking, you know, we're talking a lot of people will lose their life. Or if scientists, uh, geologists believe that it is going to, completely reawaken and explode, they're going to have to move all these people out of Naples, Italy, Gosh. and, and re, you know, send them somewhere else because their lives would be in super danger. And not only that, Simon, but let's just say, let's just say theoretically, if this volcano were to go off and it's a major, major explosion volcano and all that dust and debris you know, goes up into the atmosphere, they say it can also affect Europe as well, both Eastern and Western Europe could be very affected by this as well and it could you know have the it could change the weather patterns right and keep you know the sunlight out and and you know all the things that the volcano can do you know so i think we had a volcano once in iceland and actually 
you know, it was felt, the, the after effects was felt in, in Western Europe as well. I, uh, this was quite a while back, but, yes, I remember. you know, they can also affect other parts of the world as well. There's hardly a safe place in the world, Joe. <laughs> That's true, Simon. It's either war, economic collapse, or disasters, or terrorism. It's just all these things are going on, creating such chaos and confusion, so the, the world government can come on and save the day and promote their world leader, the Antichrist, whoever he may be. So, yes, it's, uh, there's no safe, no safe place in the world these days. Joe, it hardly seems a day passes when you don't hear on the news about some weather extreme happening somewhere, fires, extreme cold, extreme heat, tornadoes. Sure, and in the States too, there, you know, there's three possible disasters that could really shake things up that we discussed, you know, the Caseta Fault in the uh, North Pacific Ocean, you have the San Andreas Fault and the other faults in California, and the New Madrid Fault can cause major catastrophes, and of course, uh, the U.S. government is very concerned that there be a, uh, an attack on their power grid. Can you imagine if, you know, the whole of the United States or even a few states, what if they lost their power, their right. electrical power? What, what a thing that would cause. Most people barely have three days of food and water, if that. Yes. And so we, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people and gang, roaming gangs with guns, and you're, you're, we're talking major disaster. They say if there, if there was ever a... Uh, power grid and they lost the power in America and they couldn't restore it for a year or two they said 90% of the population would perish in a, in a scenario like that. Joe I recently watched a movie called A Merry Geddon which had the scenario of a George Soros type character ordering a nuclear bomb to be exploded over America and take out all the electronics and the resultant chaos gave the government the excuse to declare martial law. Uh, people don't realize just how fragile civilization is. Yeah, so fragile. And, and they would knock out their major reactors. And, and you know where they make the reactors, the big ones that they would need? They make them in China. So it would take them a year or two to even get another reactor in once if, it, you know, the big reactors that they have, if it got zapped out, they don't have backups, you know, they, and they make them in China and they, evidently there's already countries in, waiting in line to receive their, you know, generators from uh, China. So it's not good. It wouldn't come back on very soon. But yeah, the guy who did the movie, uh, he's a Christian, by the way. He's a post-trib, he believes in post-trib that the, you know, Christians are going to go through the Great Tribulation. And he's a billionaire, and actually he was the one that, uh, he not only financed the movie, but he was actually the, ma the main actor in the movie. He believes in the end time, and, and uh, you know, he was the one that made the movie, and he, he acted, he was the main character in the movie as well. Yes, that movie was interesting, Joe, because it shows how those right-wing patriotic Christians are preparing for an armed showdown with the New World Order forces, which is exactly how the movie ended with a good old cowboy-style shootout, the goodies against the baddies as they fight to preserve the ideal picture they have of a Christian America. Of course, we know that is not going to happen until after Jesus comes and he establishes his millennial government. And wow, that's a day to look forward to. But in the meantime, Jesus said that we should keep our eyes on the signs of the times and be aware of current events that are going on around us so that we won't be caught with our pants down when these end time events transpire. And we can prepare the best we can physically, but most important, spiritually, so we can be victors and overcomers and stand strong and even do exploits 
during the exciting times ahead. Latest from Ethan Allen Hawke. The earth is shaking. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. With the help of Joseph Kandel, who is speaking to us over Skype from Budapest in Hungary. Joe, I can tell already that we're not going to have enough time on this show to cover everything that's on our list, but maybe you could at least update us with what's happening economically. Well, uh, Simon, uh, uh, there was an alert that came out recently from a former Soros, George Soros associate, and he just warned that we are about to witness an absolute chaos across the globe. Now, what he was talking about, again, 
they say there's a there's a still a strong possibility of an of an economic uh, crash coming. Of course, we you know they've been saying that for a long time, and of course we had the 2008 economic crash. Right. But uh, people feel that. Um, uh, it, it, it could still happen in you know within the next two years and and things that are that are happening especially in the EU right now we're, we're seeing a lot of changes that are happening and are going to happen for example we know that England pulled out of the EU and in France you know they're having their election for president and the uh, the lady who is running for president Le Pen she's a, a you know t- very strongly towards the right and it looks like she's going to win the French election in March. And one of her first things she wants to do is also to depart from the EU and drop the euro, get out of the uh, EU just as uh, England did. Right. So that is a big uh, move because not because you know the three big economic powers in the EU is England, France, and Germany. But you have England already came out. If you have France pull out. Uh, this could crumble the whole EU structure. Yes. And also, uh, the same thing is sort of going on in Holland. They're also talking about the, there's a party leader there, his name is uh, Gerrit Wilders, or Wilders, who's actually being dubbed the Dutch Donald Trump. Really? And he will, you know, and they're going to have a House of Representatives election in March two, 2017. And on this particular politician, he also wants to take Holland out of the EU. So we see the EU is, is having some very difficulties politically and economically. Because don't forget, and I think it was our last show or the show before, we, you know, they're saying that we talked about the Deutsche Bank in Germany. And, and they're, they're on the verge of bankruptcy. And we know that the banks in Italy are also, the big banks there, are also on the verge of collapse. So some... Economists are suggesting the possibility that the crash could start in Europe. Right. And, you know, and, and especially after these elections, there's people saying, hey, man, this chaos could start be starting in March 15th. And, you know, nobody's talking about what, you know, if the EU would collapse, you know, how would that affect the, the EU economy? Some experts, economic experts, have said a strong possibility that the next market crash could begin in Europe. Of course, that's a scenario we, you know, we don't know exactly if that's how it's going to play out. But it, again, it's just something to watch. And then what they would say because of that, then that would affect the American economy as well. And then they would have their trouble, and this whole thing could spread. Now, you know, Donald Trump, he's got in, and I believe the globalists wouldn't want to crash the economy so soon because they probably want him to take the blame. I think it was, uh, you mentioned uh, Ron Paul. Yes. You yes. know, said that they want to crash the economy under Trump's watch, under his presidency. You know, so he gets he gets the blame. But anyway, the thing is, is that the economy could, you know, there could still be a problem. And one thing I just read a couple days ago, Simon, again, is something to watch. They said that Iran, China, and Russia have now started to buy oil in gold, uh-huh. which means they're not using the petrol dollar. And many economists have said, when the petrol dollar dies, then it will die eventually. It's not a matter of if, but when. When the governments or the nations of the world stop using the dollar to buy oil, that means the dollar itself will collapse. Because you have to remember, America right now is in 20 trillion dollars in debt Gosh. and the only reason one of the reasons she hasn't collapsed yet collapsed yet is because everybody needs 
dollars, petrol dollars, to buy their oil. You know, and they've been saying for a while, Iran, Russia, China, all these nations are, you know, they've been warning the world and the U.S. that, yeah, we're going to, we're eventually are going to dump the dollar and use other, either another currency or gold to buy their oil. And they're starting to do this now. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. The dollar is very strong right now. But if other countries follow Russia, China, and Iran's lead on dumping the dollar for oil, and using gold or a different currency, then that's going to cause a major uh, financial crack in the U.S. economic system. Joe, I just read a really good article on your endtimeinfo.com website about how the coming financial crash is absolutely inevitable and there's nothing that Donald Trump could possibly do about it. And this crash will make the crash of 2008 look like you're losing five cents change. Yeah, that's what they're saying. The next one is going to be, that's what the, the guy who wor- who used to work for Soros, that's what he's saying. We're going to see something uh, It's going to be super, super big, you know. And, and uh, yeah, and, and of course, they'll, they'll use that economic uh, crash. Uh, maybe that'll be their plan to bring on the new world order, you know, bring on the world government and the eventual leader, the, the Antichrist, who is predicted in the Bible. Well, Joe, that's the scenario, isn't it, that we've been expecting and have been teaching for many, many years, that the confusion and chaos caused by the financial crash would usher in the Antichrist and his one-world government and his cashless financial system. Yeah, it's a combination of things. Like uh, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned war. The you know war, even just the threat of war, uh, economic collapse, disasters, and uh, you know like what happened in Fukushima, and what what other disasters will happen, and of course the terrorism and the threat of terror. They're using all these together to to create this. Uh, great confusion and chaos you know so people will scream who's going to save us from this mess you know who's going to help we got to get out of the situation and of course they'll the world new world order will offer their leadership and they'll trot out their you know their genius the antichrist uh, whoever he is you know so but they got nobody's going to accept it a world government or a world leader unless they're you know need a lifesaver. They're drowning and they need a lifesaver. And that's basically what's happened. The world is drowning. People are drowning. The nations are drowning. And then the New World Order will have a, you know, they'll have a boat to bring them back on. So it's all part of the plan. Nightlight Insights. Joe, we're running out of time and I want to leave time to ask you about Donald Trump before we close. Nobody thought he could win. He did, against all odds. He's now the 45th president of America. What's your take on the Trump presidency so far? Well, Simon, he's he's only been in, okay, uh, as we're doing the show uh, today, uh, he's only been in for three weeks. He's going on his fourth weeks, and it, it looks to me that it's going to be a, a fought-out situation. For example, you know, Hollywood, you know, the actors and actresses, many of them from Hollywood, they're calling for the overthrow of President Trump. And it says and it says now that more than 12,000 tweets have called for Trump's assassination since the inauguration. And, and it says multiple high-profile news outlets have published an article that floats the idea of using the, the military to remove Trump from office. But I think in this situation, I, I think... Uh, Trump has more of the military on his side. 
you know so I think he can count on the military because uh, a lot of the military voted voted for Trump in this election not for Hillary the, o- the only problem here though Simon is for the last eight years is Obama was firing all the a lot of the generals and colonels you know those who are really dedicated to the Constitution and 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 they were good military leaders so he fired hundreds of top guys and put in his generals so you know it's it would be very interesting to see these some of these generals though where where their loyalty lies right. but at this point I think Trump is mainly relying on the military not so much of the Homeland Security or the FBI or the CIA I think he's he's looking towards the military to to you know help him in this situation but what they're doing now is Simon that was just in the news is that the army the US army is prepping for urban warfare in mega cities and I and I just read today Simon now of course we can't verify it it could be just fake news but in this it was actually a respected uh, Washington's paper but they did a, a story that actually Obama is in Washington and he's sort of leading the revolution against Trump with these left radicals sort of quietly helping to organize and and trying to get him out you know and so now whether that's true or not I don't know but it was it was re- reported in the news but it looks like the the left and the right are since the election and since Trump won, it's actually gotten much worse now Absolutely. than before the election. And you know they had the riots in Berkeley, and and the left is uh, working on more. They're going to have more demonstrations and probably riots. And this again, what I mentioned in the last show, this could cause a rise of the reactionary right to stamp out the left because of their rebellion and you know taking to the streets and creating havoc in the streets or you know. So America is very divided against itself right now between the left and the right, you know. And, wh- and what's the saying? Uh, a house divided against itself cannot stand, you know. So it's a very, very um, dangerous situation, and and we could see riots in the cities, and you know, then we have all those empty FEMA camps throughout the United States, and you know, if the right does have to take over because of the re- rebellion that's going on by the left, if they're causing uh, s- such problems, you know, we're uh, violent demonstrations, people getting killed, and constantly being a problem. You know, a lot of these guys may end up in uh, these uh, FEMA camps as well. You know, we'll have to see. You know, and uh, like we said too, Ron Paul said that economic economic collapse has been planned and it was designed to coincide with the Trump's presidency. So you know, it's it's he's got his work cut out for him. He's got a challenge. I mean, he's trying to slow down all these refugees from coming in, and the ninth district court, I believe it is, have stopped it. You know, and and Trump is saying, look, we're letting all these people in. They're not getting screened. We don't know who they are. A lot of them could be terrorists. And even Assad from Syria said, yeah, some of those people coming in are terrorists. So he wants to you know stop the flow of so many uh, people coming in from uh, you know the the uh, Syrians and different people that are refugees and of course the refugee problem started with the Bush and you know and Obama when they attacked uh, Iraq when they went to war with attacked Libya when they went into Syria and of course this caught co- this war caused the refugees to leave which was orchestrated by Soros and the globalists to create this kind of confusion to weaken America to weaken Europe 
and you know it's just it's creating more chaos and confusion yeah i mean it's well and good for people to protest against trump's immigration ban joe which they did and which got overturned by the court but why didn't people go out in the streets and protest when they went in and trashed and destabilized uh, these countries which is what has caused the refugee crisis in the first place sure there was the well it was there was propaganda simon they 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 talked people the American people, to, you know, began with 9/11 when they went to Afghanistan, and then from there, they used that as a pretext to, to you know, fight the various wars. Who was it? Wesley Clark, I believe. I saw uh, him in an interview, and Wesley Clark. He was he used to be the commander of the NATO forces, you know, the U.S. commander for the NATO forces here in Europe, and he went to he was in the states and he visited one of his friend at the Pentagon, and the Pentagon friend had a paper, a classified paper, and he wanted to show uh, General Wesley Clark the paper. And he, and, he, and he said, look, in this paper, this document, we America is going to invade five countries. And Clark said, well, don't show me the classified uh, paper, just tell me. He said, well, we're going to go into Iraq, we're going to go into Libya, we're going to go into Syria, and we're going to go into Yemen. And, you know, so he, he named these four or five countries that they were going to go in with their military. And this is before it all happened. And Wesley Clark came out. He went to different talk shows and said, look, you know, America already has plans to invade, you know, Libya, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, and, you know, and Afghanistan. Those were the main five that they were going after. And, and they did it. And, of course, they, they ran into trouble with Syria now because uh, Assad was losing. ISIS was gaining control, but then when Russia stepped in, it's changed the, you know, changed the situation, and now they're basically ISIS is kicked out of Syria thanks to the help of Russia. But that was all planned by the U.S. The U.S. was fighting; they wanted to overthrow Assad, they wanted to throw overthrow uh, uh, Gaddafi, they wanted to overthrow Saddam Hussein, and 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 change the situation in Afghanistan, and and that's what their plan was, and that's what they did, and this caused. This is what caused this uh, uh, refugees. They wouldn't be coming to Europe or America if there, if, if there was no war. They would be very happy in their own countries, most of them, you know. But because of the conditions, the living conditions, you know, which I understand they have to l flee and leave, but the sad part about it, there's undesirable elements are coming in with, with these refugees that do need help. So it's, it's, a, it's a major problem. but. It's, I think it's been orchestrated. It just didn't happen by accident. It was a well-thought-out plan by the globalists. So basically, it's the globalists versus the nationalists. Yeah, it, it's, quite, it's quite heavy. I mean, it's quite, a, you know, because like Trump, I mean, Trump, yeah, he, he said that was a big mistake. He said, you know, we would be a lot better off if all those guys who wanted to go to the war into these countries, we would be better off if they were just... Uh, you know, at a luxurious hotel, taking a long-term vacation, <laughs> we would be in better shape. Absolutely. You know, because they got involved with these countries. And, and Trump has come out and said, that, you know, we should have never done this. Look at, we should have never got rid of Saddam. We should have never got rid of, we could do business with those guys. We can work with them. And, and, he, and he says, look at the chaos now caused by this, you know. But so you have sort of like a, 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 you know, he sees it totally different. He's sort of bucking, it looks like, the globalist. And you got Le Pen, who's, you know, she wants to get out of the EU. She kind of thinks the, a lot like uh, President Trump. And then you got the guy in Holland. So there's sort of, there's sort of like a rebellion going on over the globalist. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, I think at the end of the day, because Bible prophecy says the globalist, the world government is coming with the AC as its leader, so eventually, you know, that's got to happen. But at the same time, Simon, we have to, when we go through the rise, reign, and wars of the Antichrist in Daniel chapter 11, you know, the Antichrist is fighting wars with other countries through his reign, you know? It even says a war before the covenant, possibly, or the threat of war, where he comes in. And then the first three and a half years, it talks in verse 25 and 26 in Daniel chapter 11. There's another war. Then he breaks the covenant. And then in the trib, it talks about a couple more wars with the final conflict, the battle of Armageddon during the wrath of God. So he doesn't have complete peace all the time. Countries are going to be resisting him and fighting him, but he's going to win those wars. He's going to come out on top, but it's not going to be smooth sailing the whole the whole time. Well, he's going to meet his match at the Battle of Armageddon. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. But I think he he does win the other wars. He does come out on top because who who's able to make war with him? You know, that's on Revelations thirteen. There's he wins them all. But yes, at the Battle of Armageddon. But that's taken Jesus and his saints to come down here at during the wrath of God. You know, gathering under the sixth vial, and then of course the seventh vial, it is done in Revelations 19, uh, chapter 19, verses 11 to 21. It, it describes the battle of Armageddon, but that's, that, Jesus is the ultimate winner, eventually.
to shore. No more war from shore to shore. No more war from shore to shore. No more war from shore to shore. No And that is Kando Bando with their version of Philip Johnson's classic song, No More War. And on that positive note, we come to the end of this special end time edition of Nightlight. Thanks for being with us, Joe. Yes, Simon. Thank you for having me back on your show. It's always a privilege to, to talk with you and, and go over these things. And I'm already looking forward to being back with you on air very soon for another edition of Nightlight. God bless. <laughs>